0: Good Morning Truth. This is an emergency message. It's going to be a little bit longer than our average Good Morning Truth inspiration, but it is a message that is profound and needed immediately. I have been recently plagued with questions about spiritual warfare, people who have reason to believe that they're under attack, and then hearing all kinds of ways some say that we should deal with spiritual warfare spiritual warfare i want you to understand this morning is definitely real however what concerns me and what vexes my spirit is that it has also become a catchphrase amongst believers and i'm concerned that we have gotten to the point where i worry about the reality of it being so taken out of context that we have discredited how we should fight when actually on the battlefield warring for our souls. If you are not prepared and properly equipped and you take a knife to a gunfight, you will lose. Spiritual warfare has nothing to do with the flesh, nothing to do with material things. Just because you can't seem to find the job that you want, just because your car has been repossessed or your income is going crazy or dwindling, doesn't mean that you're under spiritual attack. The devil is not after your stuff. The devil is more likely to shower you with an abundance of material things and money to keep you distracted than to start taking your stuff. See, the devil knows that when your stuff is being taken that you're more likely to begin to call on God, which is definitely not part of his overall plan. There are some who want to proclaim that they're under spiritual attack when the material things are seeming like they're up for grabs, when their livelihoods are experiencing some challenges. If you were to be totally honest with yourself, you are likely reaping the repercussions of your actions, of your reactions, of some bad decisions, plain and simple. You're having trouble finding a job because there are more people out here who have invested in education and and certifications than ever before. So they now are your competition. And if you have not enhanced your education and sought to obtain certifications in your field, you're going to struggle in the job market, period. This is what we need to understand about spiritual warfare. It didn't just start in our lives. The day that you were born ignited a war. Please understand that our souls are the most valuable assets of our being and it should be protected at all costs and the best way to ensure protection is to heed to the Word of God. Everything God has instructed us not to do, everything that he has declared as a sin or an abomination unto him has been done to protect our souls and to preserve our very being for his kingdom. Every sin, every violation to his word, the moment that we get comfortable in our sin, Satan comes off the sidelines of the battlefield in the war ignited upon your birth and begins live combat. The sins that we wallow in, The ungodly things that we allow to consume us and allow ourselves to be comfortable with are gateways and open invitations for Satan to come after our very souls. The weapons that Satan uses, we have issued him licenses to use. Satan wants your spirit, your character, your integrity, your confidence, your rest, your peace, and your faith don't be deceived Satan is not after your stuff here are some telltale signs that you are in spiritual warfare actually on the battlefield in live combat when you are consumed with feeling discouraged defeated and depressed when you find it difficult to pray or maintain ministerial efforts. When you're feeling drained and lacking energy, you have no motivation, you have given up. When you begin to struggle with trusting that God will come through for you, when you begin to wrestle with anxiousness, fearfulness, worrisome thoughts, many times people will erroneously think that nobody cares about them or begin to harbor thoughts of suicide when you begin to contemplate going back to your old lifestyle, when old emotional wounds from the past resurface and you begin to struggle with unforgiveness, when you begin to battle feelings of guilt and condemnation and shame, when you begin to feel rejection, a lack of belonging, loneliness, Confusion over what you believe, questioning your faith. Is Jesus really real? Is Jesus really the only way? These are the confusing thoughts of those under spiritual attack. These struggles come through gateways that we have left open for Satan to enter into. Gateways that God Has warned us against making available. These are the sins that the Word of God has deterred us from. Sins such as idolatry. And I want you to know that the sin of idolatry covers more than worshiping little statues. Idolatry is anything that we prioritize over the will and the ways of God. When we have more faith in our own principles than in God's principles. The following of false doctrines. When we won't take time to study the authentic word of God for ourselves, we'll find ourselves caught up in following the paths of horoscopes, fortune tellers, hypnosis, strange rituals, sage burning, chanting, superstitions, and other non-biblical ideologies. Murder and the shedding of innocent blood. Abortion. Assisted suicide. Even the killing of one's character with our tongues. Witchcraft. Substance abuse. Adultery. Sodomy. Perversion. And all other sexual sins. Violence fighting one another, harboring anger, bitterness, hatred, pride, and unforgiveness, and the exaltation of deceit, manipulation, judgment, rebellion against authority, and bearing false witness, knowingly supporting ungodly behaviors and conversations and agendas, actions and reactions. I urge you this morning, know your areas of greatest strength and greatest weakness. Keep a close eye on both. These areas are likely the places where you can expect Satan to target his attacks against you. When you know where to look, you can see him coming a mile away. Satan is really not that clever. He's just cunning and manipulative. God gave each of us the gift of free will. And we have the option of choosing that He loves us enough to guide and direct us. We have the option of choosing to embrace that God loves us enough to forewarn us of the plans Satan has for our spiritual and physical demise. God wants us to willingly submit our souls to him out of love for him and believe in his son and his word. God wants to be the driving force that our soul solely depends on. God extends a warning and a promise given to us in John 10 and 10. As he said to us, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Satan's desire for our souls is really not personal. Although he attacks us personally, we are just pawns in Satan's game. He wants our souls for one reason, to destroy the kingdom of God. Most of us don't embrace the depth of the meaning of the passage in the prayer that Jesus instructed disciples to pray, which reads, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Satan understands the kingdom of God, and he understands for the kingdom of God to come on earth. God will use souls that are aligned with his will He also has no desire for God's kingdom or God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Be mindful. Heaven is where God himself evicted Satan from. So Satan understands that God's will is to use his people to once again dismiss him and also to claim the earth as part of the kingdom of heaven. So Satan is willing to deceive, manipulate, fascinate, using every immoral flesh-eating, flesh-gratifying trick imaginable and unimaginable to make sure that God's will is not done on earth. So he will use the acts of our disobedience as gateways to disrupt our minds, complicate our spirits, and sabotage our souls. I'm here to tell you while under attack, don't give up and know that attacks will come, but God is on your side, so this too shall pass. A Christian's life battle is notably, in fact, spiritual warfare. The Apostle Paul provides further description of spiritual warfare that indicates a cosmic struggle between God and Satan. God wants your soul and so does Satan. But God has equipped us with all the necessary armor to obtain victory. Do not give into what the enemy shows or tells you. He is a master of magnification and illusion. Even if your life seems out of control, help is on the way. Through Jesus, we have the power and the authority to bind the enemy from operating in our lives. We have a means that God says is his perfect armor to protect us. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 reads finally my brother be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood not things And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, That in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I wanna know, did you catch that this morning? Our biggest problems are actually spiritually rooted. In verse 12, it says the same for our battle is not against flesh. In blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world's power of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavens. Once again, don't be deceived. Satan is not after your stuff. I want to take a moment and break down the full arm as it is our protection in battle the first element of our armor is truth this is easy to understand since satan is the father of lies we are therefore to exhort put on and stand in truth for our own sanctification and deliverance The blessed breastplate of righteousness emulates the breastplate which shields a warrior's vital organs from blows that would otherwise be fatal. The righteousness is not works of ourselves, not works of the righteousness done by men. Rather, this is the righteousness of Christ imputed by God and received by faith, meaning we don't get to redefine righteousness. Our faith must align with what God has declared as righteous. In warfare, sometimes an enemy places dangerous obstacles in the path of advancing its soldiers. The idea of the preparation of the gospel of peace as footwear suggests that we need to advance into Satan's territory, aware that there will be traps. There's traps all around us in this world. This territory is Satan's. But we must maintain the message of grace, peace, and our faith in God evident in our ability to maintain peace in the midst of battle, which is so essential to winning souls For Christ. Satan has many obstacles placed in our paths, but we can never ever forget to keep the main thing the main thing, which is the exaltation of the gospel and the kingdom of God. The shield of faith makes Satan's sowing of doubt about the faithfulness of God and his word ineffective. Our faith of which God is the author and perfecter is like a golden shield. It's precious, it's solid, it's substantial. Remember, when you don't understand what God is doing, let your faith in his love prevail. Let your faith remind you that we know not his ways, but that his way is perfect and that he has promised to work all things for the good of those who love him. The helmet of salvation is protection for the head. We could say our commitment to renewing our minds in the word of God needs preservation. If we allow ourselves to be deceived by the tactics of Satan, we have no hope. Because without the helmet of salvation, our minds are incapable of discerning between spiritual truth and spiritual deception. In verse 17, it interprets itself as to the meaning of the sword of the spirit. It is the word of God. While all the other pieces of the spiritual armor are defensive in nature, the sword of the spirit is the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. There is no greater spiritual weapon available to mankind. When Jesus was tempted in the desert, the word of God was all that he used to combat against Satan. What a blessing that the same word, the same word is available to us. In verse 18, we are told to pray in the spirit. That means with the mind of Christ, with his heart, with his priorities. We cannot neglect prayer as it is the means by which we draw spiritual strength from God. Without prayer, without reliance upon God, our efforts at spiritual warfare are empty and futile. The full armor of God, truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, the word of God and prayer are the tools God has given us through which we can spiritually claim victory over Satan's attacks and temptations God has provided us everything we need to win the spiritual battles that we face emphasizing that we need to know that believe that and act upon it it is through prayer that we recognize and wield the weapons of our spiritual warfare. Prayer is how heaven invades earth. It's what opens up the floodgates for God to come down and be involved in our everyday circumstances. When you know you have entered into live combat with Satan, be honest with yourself and God about the gateways used by Satan to launch his live combat and begin to ask for forgiveness, begin to ask for strength to close and overcome those gateways and be intentional about asking God for help to walk in his full armor. Our prayers need to be exalted. As an outpouring of our hearts to God. And then we need to make room in our life to hear back from Him in His Word. God wants to have conversations with us. And I know when we are going through, we like to have people to partner with us in prayer, and that is fine, and that is understandable, but I must warn you, when in spiritual warfare, you have to be careful who you ask to pray with and for you. You have to be careful even to whom you tell that you're under attack. Remember the story of the seven sons of Sceva. In Acts 19, verses 14 through 16, it reads, Then some of the iterant Jews, exorcists, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We rebuke you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Scevia, a, a Jewish chief priest, did so and the evil spirits answered and said Jesus we know Paul we know but who are you then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them overpowered them and prevailed against them you got to make sure in spiritual warfare when you ask someone to partner with you in prayer, that they can stand righteous before God, that they have put on the full armor of God. Aside from the partnering of prayer, you need to understand this battle requires that you humble yourself while consistently and fervently going before God on your own. Your desire may be to have a partner in prayer. But the only partner required is Jesus, our mediator. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 reads, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. Which is why we pray in the name of Jesus which is why we plead the blood of Jesus, which is the practice of claiming the power of Christ over any and every situation, over every demonic force. Be mindful as we go before God in prayer that there is no need for impressive words. There is no need sp- for specifically designed poetic flow I urge you just be raw and frank and real with God there is something about that alone time with just you and God that establishes an intimacy and a power like none other and last but least let's not forget the story told In Matthew 17, verses 14 to 21, as it reads And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples. But they could not cure him. Then Jesus said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For shortly I say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind of, does not go out except by prayer and fasting some of you need to go back to the basics of your face and get on your face and your faith and ignite a fast and most of us need to fast more than food we need to evaluate what consumes our time what satisfies our flesh and set our minds on fasting those things and utilize the times where we would engage in eating and spending our times of being entertained and satisfying our flesh to pray and to cry out to God and be sure to keep the principles of fasting in the forefront of our efforts and our sacrificing In Matthew 6, 16 through 18, it says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In other words, no one even needs to know that you're fasting or what you are sacrificing for your fast. Keep it between you and God. Make that part of the intimacy in your relationship with God. In closing, I want to make sure that none of you are deceived as you seek victory in your spiritual warfare battle. I want you to please note that you do not need to buy burn, sprinkle, shake, or spray anything to drive out ungodly spirits or to protect yourself. We do not serve a God that requires us to put our faith in anything other than Him and Him alone. And the healing and rebuking of our God cannot be activated by any material source. God gave us access to all that we need to overcome anything that Satan brings. Remember, when you start your day with truth, blessings throughout the remainder of the day is
1: inevitable.
2: We're gonna tear your kingdom down oh, we going preachers are gonna preach your kingdom down. You better watch out now, Satan, or the preachers For the Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, Lord, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You know, this takes my mind back to the Clayhears of Carolina. I never will forget that little wooden church that we had there. We didn't have pianos. We didn't have nothing but drums. There were times when the saints would just nod their heads. They would just pat their feet. I'd like to remind Satan one more time. His time is just about out. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, Satan, Satan, Satan. We're going to tear your kingdom down. You better watch out now, Satan.
1: to take my men and hit the streets. God gave us dominion, but we've allowed the enemy to take our families, to take our communities and rob us from what is rightly ours. My son, I want you to go and kick the very gates of hell in. i be licking my wounds, I've got lives to save There are children dying, there's generations that are coming up That need to see somebody that's willing to give it all up Time to serve notice to the devil that the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violence taketh by force, and Jesus is alive and well. Let's go to war. The highly decorated MC that was created to keep the unadulterated Word of God, sport and camouflage, the gates won't prevail So I'm a sabotage as the world affords, the count of it's in the floors I stand with my back with the full armor of God So Papa, let your kingdom come, your will be done We represent Christ, the resurrected Son, no compass Like the middle of today, i That would be able to step into their warrior position and do what God has ordained to be done.